Arizona law is wrong, is that correct? We're calling today to ensure you're getting the best value and Welcome family to the Slam Chasm. The shape of the show this week is hexagonal, a six-sided, six-legged insect crawling into your inner ear and laying its eggs, throwing you off your white balance and hatching planning permission for mind extension. You're an archaeological dig into the illogical, unearthing shards of terracotta terror, unharnessing your hounds and sending them forth into the forest to snuffle for truffles of truth. These will be finely sliced into a Michelin-tired meal of middle-of-the-road kill. 
scrape yourself off off the tarmac and suture your wounds. Drag yourself bleeding towards the nearest sign of the rise and fall of civilization. A light in the porch of a house seen through the trees in the mist. Drag yourself through the damp, dead leaves. You are on the doorstep now, bleeding out into a novelty doormat which says, Never Again, in block capital letters. With the last of your strength, scrape at the bottom of the door like a prematurely born corpse on the inside of a coffin. And just as your fingernails begin to tear away, the door opens, and the slam chasm drags you inside. You know, it was it was it was crazy. I've uh, you know I've been uh, I've been on the on the high seas for many years now, but I've never seen weather like this. The the, the rain, the wind, the sleet. It, you know, it was crazy. Like all of our instruments were broken. Like we basically needed um, to find harbour, and uh, there was lots of harbours to choose from. Um, so we just went to the closest one, and um, you know, it's like what I always say is um, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Greetings, I'm Ergo Fismis, and uh, I'm sure that you are all as thrilled as I am to discover the news today that the great S Club 7 are reforming. Uh, by way of celebration, I'd like to present this uh, small musical orgasm in which you will find many of uh, your S Club favourites weaved into a uh, disco organ patchwork. This is dedicated to the seven fine folks of S Club 7 and hoping uh, that they hear this and ask me to write and produce their next album and wouldn't they be insane not to take up that offer I fucking think so so here we go S Club 7 and all the S Club fans out there and even the S Club juniors this is for you <laughs> Bye. Okay, we've got a uh, letter from a listener here, Jock Stein, 36, lives in Milton Keynes, and uh, he said, specifically Adam, what do you think of the news that the Marigold Hotel crew are making another film? I mean, they've already made it, so Jock's about five years late. It's the best Marigold Hotel, no, it's called the second best Marigold Hotel. Do you think that implies that the film won't be as good? I mean, I hope so. I mean, I say that, I don't see how it could be as good, because the first one is just so, Yeah. Uh, it's so powerful. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because one of the first films that um, has been made for the, uh, for the you know, largely talked about new audience, old people. Um, as we all know, previously old people didn't enjoy entertainment. 
Uh, it turns out now they do. So people are making films for him. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that strikes me as odd about the first one is um, James Corden's turn as the comedy butler. Yeah. That's what really kind of just jarred, because everything else was, was so serious. The thing is, though, it was 2011, wasn't it, and James Corden was kind of just, you know, getting his big mug in everywhere, so... Yeah, I mean, just, I'm glad that Mel and Sue are going to be in the sequel, because I think that'll, they'll just bring that gravitas. The thing is, they've, they've become of age to get in the film, so while they were, you know... Waiting a couple of years to make the sequel opens up a lot of doors for well, they're, they're going to be the parlourmaids. Yeah, um, but you know it's great to just see some such such familiar faces. You yeah. know, having so much fun. You know, like um, Whoopi Goldberg and Susan Sarandon, of course. Yeah, Maggie Smith. That's right. Uh, you know, all the all the great all the greats, yeah. and they're just having a great time, and you know, uh, really attacking things like uh, you know class. And racism and incontinence, yeah. and like just looking at that and like not, not not making silly jokes about it, yeah, okay. and not you know, not blacking up, yeah, you know, just, it's about time people stop blacking up, isn't it? Wouldn't you say? I mean, I think so. That 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 kind of got old about five years ago. Yeah, um, it's, I'm glad it's. Uh, yeah, you know. Okay, and what do you what do you uh, what's your reaction? I should say to the news that Ruby Wax. Uh, will be playing elderly character gentleman Dame Fox in uh, in this film. I mean, this is. Do you, would you buy her as a um, as a transgender lady or? I mean, I wouldn't buy her. You wouldn't buy her. No. What would you? I might sit, leave her out on the on the street and yeah. hope someone picked her up, but I don't think anyone would. Like an empty milk bottle. More like a battered up sofa that a dog's pissed on. Quand ce matin je me suis dit si j'écrivais une chanson pour midi. Well, folks, it's a fine evening up here on the hillside. The sound of the townspeople making merry in the valley below is drifting up to me on the breeze. I might even head on down there after the show and join in with the celebrations. Light me a few black candles in memory of Barbara, one of the most unstoppable killing machines this small town has seen in recent memory. Her steadfast and unblinking approach to population control made her a valuable member of this community, and many of her victims' families are out there tonight paying their respects. This next song's for her.
The one and only, Mr. Rolf Harris. I'm going to be chewing through the next little bit, but carry on. A lot of the things that I've done were surprises to me. Rolf, I know that the Australians aren't affected by hierarchy and things like that, but I did notice that you kissed Sir Jim's ring when he came in. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, little one. Here you go. Here you go. Just shove that in there. That little white one that was so hungry. Got this girl by the leg. No, what was I talking about? <laughs> Touching can be one of the nicest feelings in the whole world. Tiny kangaroo down. Let me abos go loose, Lou. Let me abos go loose. They're of no further use, Lou. So let me abos go loose. They had to be rounded up and put on special stretchers. You can let me see if you're a little boy or a little girl? Yes, it is a little boy. Little boy. Yes. That's one kind of touch you don't like, isn't it? Yeah. Take them off. No, no. Get them off. No. I am only 13. This is no time to be superstitious. You could always take your dolly and you could use that to point out to your mummy where you were actually touched, where you didn't want to be touched. <laughs> Play your didgeridoo blue. Play your didgeridoo. Oh, like, keep playing till I shoot through blue. Play your didgeridoo. Hey, that was a happy outcome. Um, it's wonderful to see that reflex when they roll into a ball like that. You mustn't be ashamed to tell people that you were touched where you didn't want to be touched. Look at that for a, a gorgeous bit of wood. My body's nobody's body but mine. You run your own body, let me run mine. that give any of you a no feeling? Yes, it did. I've come to the conclusion that life is one let down after another. It seems that getting out of this world is all that I have to look forward to anymore. When I was 15, I got pregnant from a guy who said he loved me. The day he found out, he dumped me for my sister. I couldn't tell my parents, so I tried to give myself an abortion with a coat hanger. The good news is that it succeeded. The bad news is that I can never have children and I am deformed so badly I can never have sex again. Saturday morning, and um, it's really quiet in uh, in the house. Little Mary was downstairs, and uh, she was playing with a toy tractor, roaming it around on the table. Nelson had been barking all night, and he was conked out on the floor, wasn't moving. And um, I've told Mary about that when when Nelson's down. Just leave him, you know, and uh, Mary walked right over to Nelson and 
poked him in the eye and it was all over from there really. Now what I always say is no eye in team is there. Je vais vous raconter l'histoire de Jarmi McCoy, un homme au visage noble. Well, there's a certain magic in the air tonight, children. I can feel it in my bone. Let's talk that the carnival's on its way, and we all know what that means. Candy floss and tetanus, toffee apples and lockjaw. The fairground hall of mirrors is where I met my third wife. She was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. Of course, it wasn't until I'd already proposed to her and we'd vacated the hall of mirrors that I realized that she was just a distorted reflection of reality that I had seen in the fairground mirrors. The only way that woman was ever going to look normal. But by the time I realized her legs were attached to her shoulders, her tits were down by her hips, and her head was as flat as a prairie dog in a stampede of cattle, it was too late. This one's for her.
Christmas Day with Peter Black. Another slice of silence. Close your eyes and I'll open the door from this side, Amy, from the agency. I don't want you to see the transition from close to open. A man must maintain some mystery, don't you agree? Don't you agree? Again, nothing. I said, don't you agree? Yes. She shivered through the door. Good girl. Now bring those eyelids right down unless you want to lose them. I opened the door. Before me stood a vision of loveliness. Amy from the agency was a pure seraph sent from heaven, and she was clever too. I could tell this by the way she was admiringly staring at my special Christmas clothes. I can tell that you, like me, are a fan of classic contours, Amy from the agency. Now come on in here. My shoulder slabs are starting to droop, and we wouldn't want to start with the wrong feet, would we? I gently dragged Amy from the agency across her threshold and thrust her face forwards towards the feast pooled up in the middle of the table. All of the colour drained from her face in enthusiasm when she spotted my Christmas tree. I knew instinctively it was something Amy from the agency would most certainly want to be involved with after we had eaten things. She sat down in Mother's steel chair with a little help from her friends, but as is so common in the youngs I encounter, she was extremely slippery and kept puddling down onto the floor. Amy! I can't, if, I, if I say what I want to say, I'll be banned. I'll be taken off the air forever. Well, of it's course, really, what? really, you, you know, you want to get alive. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, this is why I think it's always going to be second best, not only in name, but also in quality. Mm. You know, you've got people like Christopher Biggins in the number in the first one. Yeah. And then, you know, you're going down. You know, Lovejoy. Exactly. It's just not the same standard. It's definitely not the same person. I mean, what? <laughs> I don't even know why a host of... Saturday Morning Kitchen is, is doing in a, a serious, big blockbuster UK Well, I suppose that's film. the thing, isn't it? You know, um, older people nowadays, you know, old is the new young. That's what they're all saying. And I think, uh, you know, the... the um, Who's saying that? The production companies are saying the that. The production companies, yeah. They've also decided, I think, that, um, you know, the older folks, some of them can take more of a shock than they could in the uh, 2000s. So, you know, uh, having Tim Lovejoy show up is uh, kind of equal to the big twist at the end of a Shyamalan night film. A Shyamalan night film? Yeah. Yeah, I guess like... Sorry, Shyamalan, is it? What did I say? Shyamalan. 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 M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, sorry. I mean, this is me and Ma all over again. Shyamalan. I mean, they can take the the presence of Tim Lovejoy. Mm. Like, you know, audiences could take the bit where in the middle of Psycho mm-hmm. uh, Neil Bates you know stabs the woman in the in the bathtub yeah um, it's that kind of it's that kind of in your face filmmaking that's uh, you know maybe well, maybe it will work yeah 
Um, well, only time will tell, I suppose. They better hurry up, though, because some of the audience... Pop the clogs on me. That's the problem, isn't it? Hello, poetry lovers. This is Blaster Al Ackerman. How many of you have ever eaten a robin? Here's a poem that's a favorite of mine and I, I hope of yours. It's called Death and the White Sea. Death and the White Sea. The 500-pound man on the bus. The garden, the dogs turn to wolves and gamble the glass turf. Through white, lead flowers of gold and silver leaves. I, a bag of bones, a shriveled rind, peer through the foliage from the pits of my eyes. Folks, we're going to have to wrap things up. Tie a tourniquet around your bloody stump with the yellow ribbon. We are all hostages of time. It's not every day that the carnival comes to town at the same time as one of Barbara's funerals, and I don't want to miss all the carnage. The planets are in alignment for this lunatic eclipse, and your unheavenly host with the most is going to enjoy the festivities. Let's hope fortune smiles on us with its carious maw and plays us a song on its unbroken keyboard of human teeth. For then the slam chasm will expand to embrace the carnival and, in time, the town and its people. Of course, you are already here in the slam chasm with me, one of the chosen. She has licked your wounds. So cross the picket line with your flaking scabs. Hobble beside me on your crutch, less panties. This is the period when we paint the town even redder. And when Barbara returns with the dust storms to wreak her vengeance upon the valley, we will be watching from here on the hillside, unsafe with sound, here in the slam. Cave.